And welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Losanti, joined by my co-host, Aaron Varola. Hey, what's going on, folks? Welcome to episode 78 of the Fanboy Garage. I am on the up. I'm not sick. I'm not nasally. But it's so good to have you guys with us again for another week, another show. There's been some fun stuff to talk about. Can't wait to get into it. A couple of trailers dropped and um, some rumors and some Oscar nominations. But um, let's do it like we normally do it. We'll give you guys a quick little analysis of the box office and then we'll get into uh, this week's goodies. Yeah, I mean, really, the only thing worth discussing box office-wise is just to continue to sort of do our little post-mortem here on The Rise of Skywalker because Rise of Skywalker still hasn't hit a billion dollars yet. It's it's close. It's like mm. $989 million now worldwide. But it did have a, a I think, the a much bigger fourth week drop than mm. Last Jedi did. And it's like $100 million behind The Last Jedi domestic now. Um. Yeah, and uh, falling fast. And I, I saw something uh, the other day that right now the projections are that it might actually fall below $1.1 billion worldwide. Wow. Um, right now, the, the it looks like the guesstimates are have putting it somewhere around $1.07 billion, which would actually just slightly put it ahead of Rogue One. You know, we were talking last week about whether it does more than Rogue One. So it's looking like it will do that, barely. But, um, yeah, uh, I look, I, we, we went on and on about it last week and, and, you know, talked about how, you know, again, like the whole idea of disappointment versus failure and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And, mm-hmm. I mean, one, but, yeah, one billion is one billion. Yeah, it, it'll it is. There. It's great. It'll be... You know, uh, I think maybe the eighth, eighth. No, it'll be the first for Disney. Is it the first for Disney this year? Well, it, it just still counts to towards its... 2019 technically because oh, it was okay. a 2019 okay. release. It'll be like number nine. Yeah. <laughs> Which is huge. Yes. For Disney. So that's great. And all in all, I think, you know, with the investment that the uh, that the studio has made on the on this franchise, I think it's paid off. So great. Um, it's not going to sure. stop this Star Wars. Of course, it's from, not. From, you know, and that's the thing. Like, look, those are these are separate conversations. I mean, I know that there are people who are like, "Oh, I don't want to talk negative about this or focus too much on the you know box office from a negative standpoint because it's like, you know, they don't want to have the conversation of like, and we're not having that conversation, right? Of mm-hmm. like, oh, is Star Wars done? And did the Last Jedi hurt Star Wars? And blah blah blah. And is Disney hurting Star Wars? That's not the conversation that we're having. Clearly, we understand right. that Star Wars is alive and well. I mean, just look at The Mandalorian, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. And there's still... <laughs> Galaxy's clear... Edge. Yeah, well, yeah. And there's yeah. still a big audience for Star Wars. We get that. But sure. that doesn't mean that you can't also have the separate conversation that, you know, even though this movie is not as big a disappointment as Solo, because that was just a bomb... Um, this still is, it's disappointing. I mean, look, I don't know that there are very many people, uh, that would, if they're being honest, would tell you that if I said Rise of Skywalker would do less than $1.1 billion worldwide, that they would, you know, be happy with it, with that. Right. I think almost I mean, everybody to fairness, a man would say that that's a, dis- that would be a disappointment. Yeah. I mean, that would, well, sort of if they understood what that number meant in context, right? Like... I don't know if the average fan 
They'd be like, oh man, a billion dollars. Well, no, amazing. of course. I mean, I'm talking about like people we yeah. talk to uh, and, like, and like people like us. Yeah, I don't mean. Yeah, no, I mean, no, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and we talked about it before. We thought for sure this movie would would have outpaced the Last Jedi uh, because it's the final, you know, in the in the Skywalker saga and all that good stuff. And so, yeah. you know, I expected it to go out a little bit. And again, my my whole thing is, you know, it's if people hated the Last Jedi so much, you would think they would have run out to see this, but yeah, they clearly didn't. So, yeah. I mean, not not to that level anyway. Uh, right. But still, it's going to do a billion dollars. Great. Star Wars continues that run, you know, of, uh, so that's always positive and we'll see where it goes theatrically down the road. Uh, one other thing is that frozen, we, we mentioned last week that, um, frozen two was going to likely pass the last Jedi Mm -hmm. and it did this week. It officially passed the last Jedi at the worldwide box office. Uh, it's heading towards $1.4 billion. So, um, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, the highest gross. I mean, continues to be the highest grossing animated film ever. Yeah, and Jumanji, the sequel, while it's it's not going to come anywhere near what the last movie did, which was just a complete shock, I think, to everybody. It's still doing really well, and it probably is going to hit right around three hundred million domestic. Um, yep. You know, which is good, and do you know maybe over seven hundred million worldwide or close to it. So, I mean, those are really good numbers for that franchise. What was the budget on that one? Uh, I could check. I mean, this was a, a franchise that I don't think anybody expected to become a, a full no, blown no, franchise. I mean, seriously, yeah. you know, but it's uh, it's hard to say that, um, you know, it's hard to say that it isn't now. No, it's definitely. I mean, it's definitely a thing again. Yeah, uh, or a thing in general. But you know, that's what happens when you got so, some like Dwayne the Rock Johnson behind sure. it, right? There, were, unless it's Baywatch. <laughs> Um, the reported budget is 125 million. Okay, so yeah. So right now it's at uh, 671 million worldwide. All right. Yeah. And yeah, so it's gonna looks like it's Not gonna do. Shabby. It's definitely gonna do over 700 million. Who knows? Maybe it can even go. As high as uh, eight, probably not. But you know, 700 million. That's pretty good for. Cool. You know, essentially the the third movie in a franchise, but the second movie really in You're this right. version of it, basically. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, from there, we head to a couple of new movies that will be coming out. Well, do you want to do new movies and trailers or the the Oscars first? Uh, let's do the Oscars. Okay. So the Oscar nominations came out today. Oh, sorry. So we're recording this actually earlier than usual. We're recording this on Monday, January 13th. Um, so for, I know that probably wouldn't have made a lot of sense to people when I just said the Oscar (laughs) nominations came out today, but, um, they did as we're recording this. And I mean, what were your initial thoughts? Obviously the, what I think is a surprise, uh, Joker led Dude, all nominees, 11 nominations for Joker. That blew my mind. Like, absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. Now, granted, he, you know, Joaquin Phoenix won sure. for Best Actor. Yep. And At the Golden Globes. I don't, you know, I don't remember what the nomination, who the nominees were in the Golden Globes, but the fact that this thing's going up for, like, Best Picture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, best again, best actor for Joaquin Phoenix. Yep. Best score um, again, which they won also again, for which, the Golden yeah, Globes. Yeah, that's great. Yep. 
Um, but uh, Todd Phillips, best director nomination. That is just you see. So I am I'm okay with the nominations, but like I th- I'm thinking about this. I'm like, did is this is this a reaction because the movie was a shock to people? Or is it just legit a great movie? I mean, I think it's a beautiful film. I think it definitely from from jump gets you uncomfortable. But like, uh, yeah. is this an artsy film? Is this is this where this film kind belongs? of? Yeah, I mean, it's it's look. This movie clearly has picked up momentum uh, during award season. Um, I think, like you said, most people expect expected Joaquin Phoenix to be, you know, heavily in, involved in all of these nominations for all of these sure. award shows. Um, you know, and things like the score and stuff like that, sure. But yeah, 11, to lead the pack, 11 nominations, it's surprising. Um, you know, I think it also shows that, <laughs> it's funny, not only do audiences not seem to care much about what critics have to say anymore, but clearly the Academy doesn't either. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Yeah. Right. And 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 that was the other thing. It goes back to our conversation last week yes. about cinema score, right? right? Like this got to be what B plus. Yep. Joker. Yeah. And then look at where it's at. Right. And <laughs> and the thing is, like, and that again ties into my my original rant that I did back on the criticisms of Joker when we were talking about the movie and how much we loved it. I just felt like too much of that criticism from the critics wasn't based enough on what was on the screen. And a lot of it was based right. on other things. And, and I think that if you're going to judge that film for what it is on the screen, I mean, it, it really is a great work. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know plenty of people that have seen that movie that are not like super duper comic book fans. Um, you know, some that are, some that aren't, that all have loved it. I've yet yeah. to meet anyone who hasn't really liked the movie at least. I mean, that was that was my thing about it not actually being a comic book movie. You know what I mean? It kind of like you could watch that movie, know absolutely next to nothing about the Joker and still be like, wow, like this is. And so that's the thing. It transcends the idea of what a comic book movie is, which is great. I mean, who would have thought looking back on 2008 when Heath Ledger got his posthumous Oscar that we would be and that was one nomination <laughs> for yep. an actor. Yep. I'm sure it got some other, you know, technical yeah. nominations, but fast forward, you know, some 11 years, 12 years later and and here we are with uh 11 nominations. That's that's just crazy. And then and then the other part of this is, you know, when I think about um some of the other actors in the category for best actor, like I saw Marriage Story. I don't know if you you've had a chance to ch- to check that out, but like, no, Adam Driver is a tour de force in that film, and so that's that's tough, man. I don't I don't know. I think I think Joaquin Phoenix is going to get it though. Yeah, I mean the the Golden Globes are usually a pretty good. They they're not always dead on, especially because they break up their categories. You know, comedy, musical, and drama. Um, but yeah, I would think that he seems to have the momentum and I don't know. See, here's the thing. Joker, this is probably going to be one of those years. And now of course, watch me be wrong, but this is probably going to be one of those years where Joker leads with 11 nominations, but winds up, you know, only picking up a few. Like I could see like Joaquin Phoenix and I could see maybe score repeating, but like, I, I don't feel the momentum is there for like this thing to, to win best picture for Todd Phillips to win best director. Like I feel like movies like 1917 and once upon a time in Hollywood and the Irishman have more momentum when it comes to that stuff. Right. So I, I do think that despite having 
you know, leading, and it, it leads by one. I mean, there were three films, actually, that also got ten nominations, which is mm-hmm. the other movies I just mentioned, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, and, and 1917. Right. Um, which is pretty amazing, that you have four movies that got ten or more nominations mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in a year. But, um, I, yeah, so I could definitely see that. And so I think that what's going to happen is, like, I, I feel like, you know, Joaquin Phoenix will get his award and, you know, maybe they'll win a couple of others. But, like, I think the the other big awards will go to some of those other films. I mean, clearly, this might be one of those years where things get broken up a lot. Sure. Because you have all these, you have these four movies with a ton of nominations and you figure they're going to start divvying them up a little bit. So, like, maybe right. you get, like, a those movies each wind up winning, like, a few, nom, you know, a few awards each. Um. And yeah. it could be one of those wacky years where, like, the movie, you get a movie that different movies win best actor, best director, best picture. I hate when that happens. Oh, but yeah. I it mean, could be one of those years when that happens. Screenplay is different than, yes. best, you know, best. Uh, it's like, so no. you're telling me that it didn't have the best actor, didn't have the best uh, screenplay, didn't have the best director, but it was the best picture. Yeah. Never really figured that out, but whatever. I could oh, see that happening. Ryan Johnson got, uh, got a nice little uh, nom. Yes. For screenplay. Yep. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. But, uh, so, I mean, were there any surprises in in the list? No, I mean, I'm... The the Irishman, to me, is fine, uh, but it's like, uh, okay. (laughs) Right. uh, Did you see it? I haven't seen it, and I don't really know that I will. Um, Yeah. It's just not really my thing. Not a Hoffa guy, huh? It's whatever, and I just don't want to invest that much time. It's just I I feel like I've just I don't know I've been down that road before with that crew, you know Scorsese and all them, and I don't know. I've heard plus I haven't I've yet to actually meet anyone that loved it. You know, people that I talk to about movies a lot that I kind of tend to trust their opinion. I mean, I'll usually judge things for myself, but like I I haven't really met anybody that loved it where it made me say, you know what, maybe I should absolutely see The Irishman. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. So that uh, surprises, I'm sorry. Um not really. I mean, you know, I mean, it was nice to see Parasite get some um some love, mm-hmm. you know, because uh I think that shows some of the changing times a little bit, which is nice. Um but no, nothing. I mean, it was interesting. One surprise to me is I never realized that Scarlett Johansson had never been nominated. Uh, oh, well. But I mean, she got nominated twice this year. <laughs> She's yeah. nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. So I guess making up for lost time. There you go. Yeah. Can't beat that. No. Um, what about the snubs? I mean, I know you were a fan of uh, Hustlers. Oh, so no. So let me tell you, So let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. So I had mentioned in my review of Hustlers that I did not get the whole J-Lo hype thing. Right. Yeah. I didn't think that that was like an Oscar. I thought she was fine, but I just didn't think it was Oscar worthy. Right. Um, and clearly I wasn't alone there because neither uh, did the yeah, Academy, seriously. apparently. Uh, uh, people are pissed off about it. I don't get You know what? Stop. It's look, she's fine in the movie. I just you, you haven't seen it. I assume. Right. No, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to. Well, no, you should. Because I, I want you to watch oh. it just so you could realize and say, yeah, you know what? This isn't really like an Oscar-worthy I mean, performance. Dude, look, I hate Jennifer Lopez. Okay. Like, cannot stand anything that she does. Right. So there's that. Um, But 
to ever to think that she would ever be nominated for an Oscar is like okay, where are the pigs now? They must be up in the air somewhere. Cause that's never happening. You barely can sing. Well, clearly, yeah, you, yeah, you can dance and shake your ass. Good for you. Because this was probably her shot, right? This oh God, please. Yeah, you had a better shot at winning Best Actress for Money Train. Get Spoke. out of here. Okay. Jennifer Lopez. Kick rocks, girl. Go back to the Bronx. <laughs> I know where you grew up. Yeah. So, I mean, I know people were making a big deal about, and I, I haven't seen it, so I can't really comment on it yet, but you have um, Frozen 2 being yeah, I got snubbed. snubbed. So, but see, here's the thing. So, is it the Academy that does it? Because I know that there is a lot of campaigning that goes on behind the scenes. So, if a studio doesn't really push its film, then the Academy is not likely to nominate it. Well, but right? you don't think Disney pushed? I I I think film? they picked a film to push. God, and I don't think Frozen Two was it. Probably, obviously, yeah. Well, yeah, clearly. <laughs> Which Story Four was? Yes. Which yeah. I get. Yeah. And I I would assume, and I haven't seen either yet. I will watch both. Um, but I have. I would assume Toy Story Four is probably better overall. But I know people who yeah. loved Frozen Two. I mean, you know, I thought it was good. It was great. Yeah. So fine. You know, but it was. But you're right. They probably weren't going to push for two movies. No, and... no. And then there's uncut, uncut gems. So Adam Sandler didn't <laughs> didn't get his nomination. I know two people that told me today. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that that they saw that movie and literally turned it. They got like screener copies and turned it off. Oh boy. Yeah. So I he thought, was really he really thought he had you know I guess I thought else. that trailer was weird when I saw it. It just they, rubbed me like the wrong way watching it, mm. but I don't know. It's, I'll be honest, I knew nothing of the film until he started making a big deal about it about how if he doesn't get a right get a nomination, he's gonna make like the worst film ever. I'm like, wait, didn't you already do that? He's made that a few times. Was <laughs> <laughs> that supposed to be a? <laughs> Yeah. Seriously? Seriously? Anyone seen Click? I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Like, what? Um, yeah, I, I was reading something else. I think it was uh, The Hollywood Reporter uh, about Lupita Nyong'o, who didn't get anything for us, which I totally forgot about. I did, too. Yeah. And, yeah, she's actually really good in that movie. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point there. Good point. I mean, look, there's always going to be, you know, you're always going to have this conversation, right? There's always going to be stuff because, you know, they haven't expanded. While they've expanded Best Picture to include more films, the other categories still stick to the five. So, you know, that's going to happen. Yeah. 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 So, eh, we'll see. And then, you know, we'll do an episode when... (laughs) After uh, after when after the winners are announced, then uh, we'll just shrug our shoulders and move on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, none of this. You know, I used matter. to be a huge like award season fan. Like I would, I was just all into this stuff, and now I just I barely care. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess uh, Robert Downey Jr. got his wish. You know, no one no one vied for him. So it's good. Right. I saw someone make the make the connection. Oh. Uh, Avengers Endgame isn't the Black Panther, and I'm like, no, it wouldn't be. <laughs> right. Like saying because Black Panther obviously, you know, got yeah. got some uh, some noms last year. Um, so yeah, it's 
the Avengers. It's like I think it's getting best visual effects. It's in that category. Great. Yeah, which you would figure. But I mean, yeah, look, there's, there's some powerhouse actors though. You know, in that uh, category, best actor that I you yeah. know I haven't seen all of these performances clearly, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, it's tough with Robert Downey Jr. because that was such an ensemble movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not that some of these other movies aren't, but, you know. I uh, get a breakout, though. I think he, I think if there was a movie. Yeah. Oh, he's great in it. Don't get me wrong. He but, is. Yeah. yeah. He, that's no Chaplin. <laughs> that's a good movie, actually. That is a great movie. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, But. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see. I yeah. mean, I think I think you're right. I think uh, you know, Joker will come away with some of the typical ones, maybe best hair and makeup or something to that effect, or set design or whatever. Yeah, I think if they come away with you know, like what they did at the Golden Globes, best score, best actor, and yeah. you know, a couple of those other little other things, whatever, you know, um, I think yeah, you take it. Yeah. Uh, you know. Be happy with that. It's funny now, Joe, how the Joker is now becoming one of these, like, it's going to become one of these, like, go-to roles for actors now. I know, right? You're going to see so many people kind of go for those, oh, I'm going to do something different with this character, blah, blah, It's like, uh, all right, take it easy. I just, yeah. you know, I wonder, I wonder what where DC goes with this. Whoever thought that like if, the Joker was going to become this such this meaty role now that like actors would probably be falling over themselves to. It's almost that'd like be, a, that'd be two for two. Well, because I mean, you got well, except for Jared, well, sorry, Leto, Jared Leto, and we're going to talk about Jared Leto <laughs> in a little bit. But uh, to be fair, I mean, he didn't, you know, he didn't get much to work no. with there in that movie. He a lot of his stuff was cut. Um, you know, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you got the, the last two movies where Joker was a main focus. Let's put it that way. Um, you got two Oscar nominations and potentially two victories, two you know yeah. Oscar wins. You never know. Huge. Yeah, but yeah, the Joker is coming like the new go-to like meaty role for mm-hmm. for actors, hopefully. So yeah, yeah, I don't know where they're gonna go with it, but um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'll uh, I'll look up the winners the night after. Yeah, that's probably what I'll so do I'm as well. Watching yeah. it. Like, if I could so. time it out, if, like, where I knew, okay, they're going to be doing Best Actor now, like, I'd watch that. Oh, yeah, it just, uh, for, like, a four-hour show, you're like, mm, no. But I'm not going to sit through, yeah, I'm not going to sit through all that just for, for that. I yeah. could watch the highlights very easily nowadays. Yes. Yeah. All right, cool. so let's... Uh, Let's talk about Jared Leto. Yes. Because he let's. is going to be in this new uh, Morbius film, which it had right. a... Tra- well, first we saw a teaser image, uh, and now we see the trailer that came out today, actually. Mm-hmm. So I know you... We no, have not talked first, about bro. it. We haven't got a chance to talk about this. So I watched it, and, you know, it was... Um, you know, the trailer... I don't. I don't want to say that it... It got me excited. I can't, to be honest with you, I can't really say, even though I knew kind of in the back of my mind that this movie was coming out, I can't really say that it was very much on my radar. Right. Um, and it comes out July, I think, 31st of this year. So it's it's got a like a real sweet release date. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like it, it just, it, it, it's just the movie's on my radar now. We'll leave it at that. I mean, the trailer doesn't show you much as far as like it doesn't really even show you like Morbius to like the very end. You get a brief flash, which is that mm-hmm. image that we had any that we had seen already anyway. So it's really more like set up. Um, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's it's fine. I, I you know I'll reserve judgment until we get either a little bit more or until I actually see the movie. Cause like with venom, right. Which is a movie that this thing is going to get compared to because it's the whole anti-hero thing. And it's obviously Sony mm-hmm. and it's part of the Spider-Man universe. Um, you know, venom, that first trailer, I was like, well, that was nothing like that did nothing for me. I didn't even understand it. Right, didn't show right. me anything. And then like the next trailer, I was like, okay, the trailer slowly started to win me over to the point where I was interested in seeing the movie. And then the movie happened and, whatever it is what it is so i i'm you know i don't know I, i'm gonna just take a wait and see approach with this yeah um me too <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't you know this is a tough character to pull off because he looks so different and i wasn't really like blown away by that first image so I'm like, are they going too literal? Like, it looks, it, it, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It just looked weird to me. Uh, but he is a weird looking dude. Yes. So they're nailing that. That that's cool. It's like one of those things where sometimes, you know, they're going with a direct representation of what you would expect this character to look like if he were to come off the pages of a comic book or coming off of the animated show and like. Yeah, that's that's him in a nutshell. Um, and so I didn't really get all excited. Like I'm familiar, I'm familiar with the character. Um, and I just feel like, oh, we are really getting a Sinister Six film in a very different way. Um, whoa, sorry about that. Um, the trailer was intriguing. Uh. And that's all I'll have to say. <laughs> um, it's interesting that uh, I mean they're they are definitely stitching uh, the threads where Venom was very disconnected from Spider-Man uh, in the MCU. This feels more connected. Um, there is a quick image of of Spider-Man in in the like a poster of him or whatever, yep. uh, which was weird because it's not actually. Tom Holland Spider-Man, it's Sam Raimi's Tobey yeah. Maguire Spider-Man, Which but that's, that's very sp- right. That's very weird, but he's still Spider-Man, yes. Because Michael Keaton, uh, Adrian Toomes pops up, yeah, at the end of this trailer, which I thought, okay, you are giving it, yeah, they're, con- they're definitely connecting this to the MCU in a way. Yeah, and and they clearly make it a point to let you know this is the studio that gave you Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home and Venom. So they're linking all of those movies together, um, you know, which is technically true. It is the studio that brought you those films. It's not the studio that produced all of those films. Right. Um, But it's the studio that brought you all of those films. Um which is fine. I mean, listen, I, who knows what, you know, when they worked out this last deal 
uh, to have Spider-Man stay in the MCU, what else went with that? Right. Right? Right. And, I mean, this... uh, Was this film in production before all that shit went down? I I would think so, right? Yeah. You know... So I mean the, the the interesting thing too is like you know from a from a you know brand franchise perspective with Sony I mean they're sitting on three mega hits right now connected to Spider-Man like you know connection to Marvel or not like those are their films right Yeah Venom Venom is it good for... Just so you know it it looks like this production started in February of 2019 February of last year Yeah so so. That so this movie was already in the works, yeah. Um, before before all of that Spider-Man hubbub uh, kicked off, so yeah, I mean we'll we'll see. Um, I don't think this is the place to use Tom Holland's Spider-Man. They, you know, I just I hope it builds enough goodwill to Venom uh, because if. This movie does not do well, then you definitely know for sure. And I mean, I think we're going to get this anyways, that Spider-Man's going to pop up in Venom, but it's going to feel very heavy-handed in my opinion. Yeah. It's not going to feel very integrated. It's not going to feel like this was a natural evolution. It's going to be like, nope, yep, Spider-Man is definitely part of this, and here it is because we need to like kind of win win something here. Um, I, I do just hope that Morbius, um, for better or worse, does, does better because um, – we w- one thing is I think I think we need to get back to uh, a a nice healthy mix of comic book type movies because right now I think we are being bombarded with lots of Marvel DCs finally getting their footing back and they're yeah. giving us a a, a, de- a different like a variety of, sure. of films and um, you know since the 20th century Fox X Men films are now essentially part of Disney, you know, we need like another pillar here of like comic yeah. book movies. Well, not even just essentially part of Disney, but they're also essentially over. I mean, right. Disney's exactly. going to oh, yeah. be, yeah, Disney's basically the A rebooting, refreshing. Yeah. If they're going to be, if we're going to see any of those X-Men characters again, it's going to be in the MCU and I'm with you. I mean, I, I feel like, um, you know, that's one of the unfortunate things. I mean, yeah, it's cool to have all those characters together, but you do want to have some variety. Mm-hmm. And some differences, and and but at the same time, like it would be nice that if Venom and if Morbius, you know, winds up, they wind up success. Well, Venom was already a success. If the sequel to Venom is still a success, and if this Morbius film is a success, like it would be nice at some point if, like, Spider Man can interact with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because uh, you don't want it to be too separate and apart. Um. You know what that means. I don't know, and what Spider-Man it is that interacts with them. Uh, you know, I mean, clearly they're not. You know, they're not going to be part of the MCU because the MCU very much has their stuff planned out. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, it would be nice if after a while, like, and that's why I was kind of hoping I was not broken up over the idea that Spider-Man wasn't going to be part of the MCU anymore. To be honest with you, because <laughs> right. I think it was nice. It's like we got you know a couple movies with him there they're cool it's great whatever we like tom holland a lot but let's see him now go over here you know back right. to sony and maybe start interacting with some of these other characters um, right. i was just for the differences of it like and i i kind of want that like i do want that different feel 
And would you say that that Morbius gives us a different feel, or does it? Still I hope feel... so. So so I so he, I mean I think. I mean, did Venom give you a different feel? I mean, not a good feel. Well, no, I get forget the that. Yeah, I'm I mean, well, that's the thing. I mean, I was kind of like, well, what what is what is happening? You know how like Hellboy was like its own thing. Like I feel like that's kind of where it was, but it was like, mm, are, you, mm, are you just imitating something here? I don't know. I, you know, I just and as I think about it more, I'm like, yeah, it definitely was a different beast. Um, well, that's for no sure. No intended. Yeah. And I think this film is going to follow suit. Um, it's going to be a different beast. But what I was in this may not be a good thing, but I was getting like Amazing Spider-Man two vibes. From this, uh, well, and, yeah, I can't. Like I said, I, I can't. It, based on just a first trailer, like that's a lot to pull. I think it was a long trailer. It, it is. It's a yeah, but and that 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 was weird. That was weird to me. I was like, oh man. Well, yeah, they didn't you know, do the teaser first. Me. No, just, they like okay. Here's what's happening. Yeah, okay, he's, and they're like they're kind of like setting you up. Okay, you you know. A dude who's looking for a cure. He's got some weird blood disease. Blah blah blah. And I'm kind of like, all right, you got, you're giving us our whole, this whole plot right out in front. And, yeah, um, but they need to because I like. Sure. Here's a here's the thing. So, Marvel Studios, and I don't want to like really make you know the Marvel versus Sony thing, but like Marvel Studios spent a significant amount of time working with characters that were somewhat familiar to most people. I'd say. You know, Iron Man and, all, and Captain America and all those guys um, before giving us a character that like nobody's ever heard of, like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. And Sony's like, screw that. We're jumping right in with the weird guys. Well, Sony, I mean, that's what they have, though, right? So like, like unless you I expect mean, them to make like a Green Goblin film or something like that, you know, like Venom. But, but Morbius is kind of like hero ish. He's an antihero. Yeah. But Venom yeah. was well known. You know, I think most, you know, Venom, which is why it was so successful. I think, you know, Venom was one of those things that, I mean, we even saw it at Comic-Con, right? That when Venom was coming out, like there was tons of Venom stuff there. So yeah. you know, it's just that um, I'm not, Venom more well-known than Morbius. Yes. Don't get me wrong. But this is what they have. And I think they're just finding the characters that they feel like they can make interesting films about. Mm. Where they can use them as anti-heroes. Not everybody works as an anti-hero. So Venom no. can work as an anti-hero. Morbius Mo- is an anti-hero. Yeah, yeah, so Morbius could, you know, has been an anti-hero. So that's fine. Like, you know, you can't turn a lot of these other Spider-Man characters slash villains into, you know, anti-heroes. They, they, they the don't, Sandman. Yeah, I mean, they don't all work that way, let alone to carry their own film. So I think it's, a, right. you know, they have to go with the characters that, one, can carry their own film because they have an intriguing enough backstory, and two, can get away with being an anti-hero because they're essentially going to be the hero of the, this story, right? Mm. Whether, mm. You know, whether they're heroic or not, whatever. They're, they're For the purpose of their film, they're the hero. Right. So, yeah. Um, I, I think that's just what they're... I think it's a good choice. I think Venom and Morbius were two good choices if they had to make these types of movies. Um, right. I, I just... 
you know, the question is, and it's hard to argue that after the success of Venom that it was a bad decision, but the question I think originally would have been, do you even bother making these movies? But now right. they clearly have yeah, free clearly reign are, to yeah, do it. Like, and, and I mean, the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, not to say that this is all doom and gloom, but like they are connecting it to other things that you've seen. So, yeah. you know, the Vulture, without a doubt, was a favorite character in Spider-Man Homecoming. So... Um, you know, it would make sense to kind of build that connection and build that bridge. Sure. I wonder how how well built that bridge actually is because you're now introducing a vampire uh, who has some connection to the MCU. We know Blade is on the horizon of Phase Five. Is there something? Is there something there? Yeah. Well, of course, there's that famous. Um deleted uh, scene from Blade, the original Blade movie where um, Stephen Norrington played Morbius, right? It was like a never made it to the cut, the original oh, yeah. final cut of the movie. So yeah, there's <laughs> clearly uh, something there. But just to give some stats on this film, people who don't know much about it. So the director is a gentleman named Daniel Espinoza who uh, had directed a lot of stuff in like Sweden and Denmark. Um, but in the United States, he's directed Safe House, uh, Life, and now Morbius. So that's his... Uh, life... Life's the oh, one Life with... Uh, Gyllenhaal, yeah. Yeah. Sci-fi thing. Now, here's where it gets a little, as you would say, wonky. Um, there are four writers credited with this film, but but it's really two two-man writing teams. Mm-hmm. The first one, I guess the original guys who worked on this, uh, Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless, they are best known, and this is going to hurt, for writing films together like Dracula Untold, The Last Witch Hunter, and Gods of Egypt. Wow, they got some some good pedigree right there. (laughs) And surprisingly, they were replaced, or at least there was another draft of this script written by Art Markham and Matt Holloway who are best known for writing scripts of Iron Man and Punisher Warzone. So, Hmm. um, interesting combination there. Yeah. Um, Interesting pedigree. Yeah. Yeah. So So, it sounds to me like they had the bones of a script that had maybe a lot of vampire mythology type stuff into it. And then they used these other two guys to kind of boost the character development of these of Morbius cuz like Warzone is a great it's a great film. Well, opinion. Warzone is an interesting film. To me, Punisher Warzone is kind of an underrated gem. Oh yeah. Only in that it is so batshit crazy and so like almost like Comic audacious in you know in what it's trying to accomplish. Um yeah. Yeah, it has some really it's it's kind of a fun movie. It's just over the top violent. Um Yeah, I like Ray Stevenson as the Punisher. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. So uh yeah, there there's it's kind of it's an underrated little gem. Um yeah, I would recommend anybody check that out if you haven't yet. Yeah. Um but yeah, I but clearly very different from an Iron Man. Yeah. So it's uh hard to see, hard to figure that one out um but yeah i don't know i mean and again that doesn't necessarily mean anything um you know there have been 
directors and writers who have not had incredible resumes who've turned in, you know, really good work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what it says about it, but. Well, I mean, we're, we're both taking the wait and see approach, like we said. Yes. So July, it does have a prime release date, July 31st. So we'll see as things, you know, more things start to come out about it. Yes. Yeah. So cool. let's talk about the other trailer. Yes. That came out uh, right after we finished uh, uh, doing the last episode, of course. Uh, they released a new Birds of Prey trailer. Yeah. And it's interesting because now this is a movie that from the beginning, I've said, I feel like they're marketing this really well. Mm-hmm. I love everything I'm seeing from it. I think it's going to make a ton of money. And I think you were a little bit more hesitant, right, on this yeah, one? But I, I definitely I, was. But you you liked this trailer, right? Oh, yeah. I, I actually really I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Um, I liked the chemistry uh, between the cast. I mean, I'm, I'm nitpicking, like, one thing, and I'll get to it later. But, like... I like the wonky. I'm gonna say it again. Wonkiness. The wonkiness of of Harley Quinn and and um, you know her essentially emancipating herself from the Joker and really kind of kicking ass. And this looks like a movie where I'm gonna go see it and I'm gonna come out and be like, that was too short. I need more. And it's gonna be a short film too because I think it's like only 103 minutes. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks like a fun time. It looks like it's going to get started and never stop. Uh, we finally get a good shot of Ewan McGregor with the black mask, which looks amazing. And um, I dig it. I dig it. I'm I'm on board for this this film again, uh, or for the first time. The one nitpick is the accent, um, which which I had a problem with in the first trailer from Margot Robbie, which is like this pseudo sort of Brooklyn esque accent and her australian accent slips in and out in that trailer and it bugs the shit out of me but otherwise it's cool i'm gonna see it yeah i mean the interesting thing is i mean you know the movie was written by uh christina hudson who wrote bumblebee which i actually just saw yeah I dig that movie. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it is. And it's well written, which Hell is, yeah, it is why that's important for this. Um so and, and she's like a, you know, really a a really up and coming young screenwriter. So I I feel like while the trailers maybe you get a feel that this movie may not have a lot of substance to it, I, I don't know that that's really gonna be the case though. Like I I you know, they're marketing it well because they're marketing the visuals and the, you know, the cool factor of it. But like, I, unless she doesn't deliver on this, like, I feel like, you know, this thing could be a really well-written film as well. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I don't, I, I yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like this thing is going to be a big win. Um, you know, I mean, anything can happen, but I, I'm kind of pumped for this and, and yeah, they're going with the, the classic, you know, Harley Quinn emancipation storyline where she, you know, breaks up from the Joker. Um, it's usually where you start Harley Quinn stories, you know, when you're, when it's her going on on her own. Um, so we've seen that a lot, um, but it works, you know, and uh, I mean, I would assume they're going to try to turn her into like a, you know, an A-list character for them and we'll probably get different 
you know, she'll probably get some solo films. She'll get more, you know, Birds of Prey films, whatever, if, if this is a huge success and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's a good route to take with her. Um, She's cast in uh, The Suicide Squad, isn't yeah. she? So, so, yeah, we're going to get a lot more of Harley Quinn, that's for sure. Um, Yeah, I'm interested to see how well it does. Again, I mean, I think this is one of those where – you know, Aquaman was this, was like one thing, and then Shazam was a different thing. Because those two films feel so different to me, even though they're kind of like for the same person, but they're very different, if that makes sense. And then I feel like, um, you know, this Birds of Prey film kind of takes the fun out of the Suicide Squad uh the first one, the David Ayer one, yep, and then mixes it with like some of the craziness of the Joker of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, and we're getting these like really different type films, and I like it. I'm I, like I, I think it's bold, and I appreciate it. Yes. I mean, I may not be the biggest fan of Shazam. I'm, I've kind of come around on Aquaman being like a, a decent film. Um, a decent comic book story, I should say. Um, but yeah, I'm like actually really excited for the future of DC. I think it's doing a, a great job so far. And I think, I think um, they're going to have, have a bang up success with uh, birds of prey. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, and I just love what they're doing. I love the idea that they're, they're letting these things kind of stand on their own and have their own identity and their own feel. And I think the feels and the vibes are true to what the characters are as true to the characters you can get. And and I, I feel like you, the nice thing is you don't have to worry about, you know, being bogged down with like years of continuity and history. Like right. you can just watch these movies for what they are. And mm-hmm. and that just kind of is a, a liberating feeling, <laughs> you yeah. know, when you just know, like, oh, I'm going to go watch this and enjoy it, um, you know, for what it is. Uh, maybe it connects to things. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But, but yeah, it, it's definitely the the right way to go with it. And these are great characters. So you know, it's good yeah. that they're finally you know kind of figured things out. I think they're they're in a really nice groove. And and you know, Marvel's at a point now where you know they're they're in this interesting you know phase. No pun intended. Where, um. You know, they're, they're kind of shifting, right? They're going to start to try to introduce mm-hmm. some new things and new characters. And, and, you know, I don't know. Like, I feel like, the, you know, the tide might shift a little bit here. In the yeah. sense of, like, I feel like one... And, and it, I, I don't want to say studio because DC is not, you know... It's DC Entertainment, yeah, but it, it's Warner Bros. I mean, they're, they're kind of giving us these interesting... Um, takes on these characters and, and these interesting movies and... and you know, I I don't know that I'm I'm gonna fall in love with the idea of kind of going back to like kind of more of like the cookie cutter paint by numbers approach. Yeah, but we'll see. I'm it's I mean yeah, Marvel is at an interesting inflection point. Um, I'm interested to see if uh, if Black Widow is actually more different uh, than its predecessors. Um, in terms of other entries to the MCU, sure doesn't look like it's going to be, but yeah, um, and it was an opportunity to be. Sure, I mean, I do think we might get that in the Eternals. 
We might. That's a that's a, a group of superheroes I know nothing about, and they're gonna have to kind of do what they did with Guardians of the Galaxy. But you know, um, I'm interested to see if they evolve, if if Marvel evolves, because DC certainly has, and uh, Sony is on its way. So you know, as I said before, I mean, I think it's a really interesting time for comic book films. Yeah. And, because they're going to be very distinct from from each other, and and you can see there's even a distinction in the way that they're making films at a studio, um, despite the fact that technically all of these characters could and should, to a certain degree, live in the same bubble, but they're doing very different things with yeah. each other, and that's great, that's really cool, and I and I'll be honest, I didn't believe that they were going to do it. Um, I mean, there still is, you know, some small threads and connected sure. tissue here and there, but for the most part, you know, they've done a great job of telling yeah. some some solid stories. So. And I don't know that Marvel necessarily even has to evolve because they're doing pretty well for themselves, and you know, sure, uh, they're in a nice groove. But I get what you're saying. Like for us as fans, um, yeah. you know, for mainstream audiences, like the idea of like the new Marvel film is still going to be a thing. But I think for people like us who see all of these movies and have talked endlessly about all of these movies. Like for us, just being the new Marvel film, I don't think is, is going to be enough after a while. Right. I mean, that's the thing. The audience will become more sophisticated. Uh, bec- and there, I'd imagine obviously that their expectations and, or their interests are going to kind of fall in different buckets. I yeah. Mean, the Joker was a, a wild success. Who would have thought, right? So there's obviously an appetite there. That doesn't mean that every studio needs to be creating rated R content for their comic book movies. It just means that there is an appetite. There is an audience that has an appetite for something that's a bit more sophisticated yeah. that still calls itself a comic book movie. Yeah. And so there are opportunities there for studios to kind of explore that while still giving us those popcorn films that kind of, you know treat us with the spectacle plus is there going to be such a thing as marvel fatigue eventually like as these shows start to roll out on disney plus right and then you get the movies and stuff like that it's like and you have to you have to keep up with all of that yeah and that's the thing and then it becomes yeah then it becomes pressure and then it's like you know we see it now with wrestling right where it's like there's so many hours of wrestling now on television that it's like you just can't possibly watch all of it so people have to start picking and choosing because you have to have a life, right? And um, and that's what happens. And I think it instead of like leading to like a wrestling boom period, it wound up kind of having the reverse effect, where everything's sort of been brought down to a certain level. So I think right. after a while, like yeah, like is there going to be Marvel fatigue? I mean, with Star Wars, like yeah, there's the Mandalorian, but like we're not going to have a movie in theaters for a while. And it's not like there's going to be like. 12 Star Wars shows on Disney Plus right now. Like with Marvel, there's going to be a ton of these shows. And like you said, they're going to tie in and they're going to tie into the movies. And it's just like after a while, it might almost become just like too daunting a task to have to try right. to keep up with. So people will start to pick and choose. Um, you know, and they may not pick the Marvel film. They might pick one of the DC films because it's going to be a, you know, it should be a pretty big year for them. Right. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, I just think it's interesting to see, like, where this all goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we got, so Birds of Prey is what, February? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like next month. And then... Yeah, that's really coming up quick. That's coming fast. Yeah. And then you've got Wonder Woman 84. 
Yes, which um, one of best, might be my most anticipated movie of this year. Yeah, and you know, meanwhile, Marvel is is going to roll out with Black Widow, and we'll see how that how that shakes out. Um, and Eternals, and then we'll see. So February seventh you know? for, uh, so less than a month away for for Birds of Prey, and you know the budget supposedly seventy five to eighty five million, not bad. Wow. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to make like a ton of money. Right. Which is also interesting, you know, because, you know, Joker's budget. And again, they're very different films. I get it. But just just since it's all DC stuff, that's the connective tissue for me. So here it's like Joker was not done on a huge budget and was an enormous success, obviously. Now Birds of Prey, also not a huge budget and could very well be an enormous success. And if it is, that also shakes things up a little bit. Because it's like, you know what? There is still a, a big audience for these movies that you know are character-driven. It don't right. have to be these gigantic $200 million spectacles, you know? I mean, yeah, there'll be a time for that. But they don't all have to be that. So that's right. interesting, too. Yeah. And, and DC's characters lend themselves to that. You know, because they are, you know, you can have these, like, street-level characters that can you can easily make a $75 million movie for and have it look mm-hmm. cool and sound great and be great and have a great cast and all that stuff. So yeah. that's the other thing. Yeah. So speaking yeah. of DC characters, uh, it looks like this Flash movie with Ezra Miller is actually going to happen. That's so shocking to me. And but I don't believe it until I see I know. And they're saying that... Still. It's going to be like Flashpoint or Flashpoint's going to be a part of it or whatever. And, you know, I, I think I've we've talked about this before on either on this podcast or maybe when we did, um, you know, another podcast or whatever. But I, I feel like I've said this before, like I, I'm not in favor of this first Flash movie being Flashpoint. I think it's weird. I think it's a weird first movie. Like, I feel like that's more of like a third movie uh, in a series. Um, because of the type of story that it is. Like, I, I would, I wish they would introduce us to this character. I mean, we saw the character in Justice League, but again, not a lot of people went to see that movie, and most people have tried to forget about it. So, I, I'd rather like reintroduce me to this character. Give me a simpler, smaller story. I think that would be fine. Now, it doesn't mean that the movie's going to be Flashpoint. I mean, they could do like what you know, Christopher Nolan did with the Batman movies in the sense that like he took inspiration from stories like Batman year one and the long Halloween and dark victory. But like he didn't make adaptations of those films, right? He took elements of them that were as, or the feel and the look and the tone. And and, so maybe they're just going to take inspiration from flashpoint and include some elements of it. You know, like Nolan, you know, in The Dark Knight Rises, I mean, he used, clearly, um, Nightfall was a, a huge piece, but it, it it wasn't the whole movie. There were elements of Nightfall in that movie. Right, right. So maybe they'll take elements of Flashpoint and, and make a movie around it, rather than just making an adaptation of Flashpoint. I think that might make a little bit more sense. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were, oh, you know, you can't, we're going to see Batman, we're going to see all these other characters, and... Um, you know the Flash TV show does a great job with with their Flashpoint um, story because it is more of a lesson for Barry Allen in terms of messing with time and the ramifications that it can have 
So that's an interesting, I think it's an interesting place to draw an inspiration from. Um, I don't, I don't think that we're going to get something that's as in depth as the, you know, comic version of flashpoint where it impacts all of these different characters well, and all yeah, that stuff. That's a guarantee, yeah. I, I mean, and I've, I've argued this on Twitter, but I am of the mind though, that this will be an opportunity for them to reset, um, some of their characters. And I know that they are in the in the business at the moment of making these individual solo films or these individual stories. But why pick a story like Flashpoint without using its greatest sort of skill or its greatest strength, which is to essentially reset things? And so with the absence of Superman, is there an opportunity there to tell a bigger story? that may have an impact on its quote unquote universe. Um, well, you know, so while it may not necessarily have to impact the flash, like while there will be some, what I'm, what I'm trying to say here is while it may impact the character of the flash, his universe is also impacted, therefore creating opportunities for them to explain away why Batman dropped 130 pounds and looks like Robert Pattinson. I don't know. Um, if they even feel the need to explain that at this point. Yeah, who knows? I mean, who knows? You know, by the time that movie comes out, I mean, it would be so far, so much time will have passed in, in our time between all of those movies and this that I, I mean, it's almost like why even bother rehashing all of that? Sure, like, sure. I feel like... Um, and I share that theory with uh, with the editor-in-chief of Batman, in Fil- Batman on Film, uh, Bill Jett Ramey. And he said, no, look, the Batman is going to be three solo films with Robert Pattinson, Batman, not connected to anything, a la Christopher Nolan. And right. if DC, Warner Brothers sticks to their guns and that's exactly what this is, great. Sure. Great. Because I do not want Batman connected to anything else besides whatever yeah. universe and characters they're creating for him right yeah. now. And, we've and said I don't this. want the Flashpoint or right. anything happening with the Flash to change or impact any of that. Yeah. I mean, we've said this before, you know, how it's like, I, listen, Metropolis can exist in Matt Reeves' Batman movies. It, it may not, as far as like being mentioned, but it could exist. It could be in a a newspaper article or just a brief mention doesn't have to be right next door to it to Gotham city, but it could exist. And, and just to throw that out there, that's it. But you don't need like this deep connection and you don't need all of that. I get it. I'm, I'm all for that. That's fine. Um, I just feel like it's weird. Like let's, we don't even really know this flash yet. You know, it's like, just give us a simple flash story first. Why is that so hard? Right. And then, if you want to build to something bigger or whatever, you can do that. But I don't know. So we'll, who do you we'll, think? Who do you think his villain will be? I I don't know. I don't know. It depends. You know, it depends on what they do with how much Flashpoint is in it, and you know, I don't know. Hmm. I mean, the thing with Flash, he has an interesting rogues gallery, but like some of it is like, you know, like Captain Cold. <laughs> you know, like, okay. Yeah. Leonard Snart. Yeah. You know, like, it's going to be weird. So I, you know. I think they have to go with somebody that's similar to him. 
I'll I guess. Watch. I mean, that's the problem, though. After a while, it's like with that character. It's like, and on the TV show too. It's like how many different like versions of a speedster can you give us? Yeah, it's like after a while, it becomes a crutch. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like you said. I will believe it when we see it. Like the movie, once it's actually in production. <clears throat> You know, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't that. recast, to be honest with you. I, you know, I, I'm not only if that, like, if, look, if this is a guy that, I, first of all, the casting was never an issue, right? I didn't like him. Well, that's fine. But I, I think that clearly they saw something in him yeah. that they liked enough to where, and they're figuring, hey, look, you know, so far so good with all of that. So that's the one thing we don't necessarily have to blow up. Um, And he never really got a, a big shot. Right. I mean, you know, literally aside from a, a brief glimpse in BVS, like he he didn't. I mean, Justice League was his the movie we saw him in. And that's not fair, <laughs> you know. So and he seems to be invested in this. Yeah. You know, and he seems to want it. So, I mean, there's something to be said for that as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, let's see. We'll see. Yeah. Cool. So one movie that is also currently in the beginnings of production is um the sequel to Doctor Strange, right? Right. Uh which has now lost its director. <laughs> so Which is a shame. Yes, yeah, so Scott Derrickson uh has left the project due to the always popular creative differences. Right. Uh which doesn't get old. Can be one of many things. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but you know this is a thing now so we're seeing um you know it's funny with Marvel uh, Marvel Studios. You know, for every James Gunn, right, who was allowed to kind of be himself, sort of, right. and inject at least his own vibe and feel into, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, um, you know, you get these Edgar Wright situations or Patty right. Jenkins, right, with right. Thor The Dark World. That's or right, yeah. or now this or even like a Ryan Coogler right who who was able to do Black Panther and um but now you get this situation where like you get these creative differences that pop up and you always wonder like well what exactly is that like you know I mean Scott Derrickson is was a horror director pretty much and he didn't bring as much of that to the first Doctor Strange as I thought mm-hmm. um. And maybe he wanted to incorporate more of that into this, and they had another plan. I mean, clearly this is a movie that is going to uh, include a lot of other elements with the whole multiverse deal. Right. Maybe he that was just something he wasn't comfortable with. I don't know, but and we'll probably never know. But um, it is a shame that you know this far into the situation you lose a director like that. Yeah, I was looking forward to you know whatever his vision was going to be because to your point, I mean, I thought you know. Uh, the multiverse of madness just spoke to, you know, horror, horror themes and elements. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm bummed, but, um, you know, I'm sure they're going to bring, they'll bring somebody, um, someone on who's just as good. Um, because with the exception of Thor the Dark World, uh, they haven't really missed a beat. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty so. late in the game. So, I mean, unless, you know, there was somebody. I mean, I'm sure they have somebody in mind anyway. Of course. Yeah, I would think they yeah. always do. But, um, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, look, Edgar Wright, uh, who's one of my favorite directors, um, you know, he basically shepherded Ant-Man 
yeah. you know, from the very beginning. I mean, it was his idea even before there was an MCU to do right. that Ant-Man film. And, you know, he left, you know, because of those creative differences in the middle of it. And, you know, they went with... Um, Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed, you know, and, and the movie was still good. Yeah. It's yeah. clearly not an Edgar Wright film, and maybe that was the no. problem. Maybe right. Didn't, right. Marvel didn't. But, you know, that was my thing, too. It was like I was hoping that. It's like, oh, cool. Like, we'll get, like, an Edgar Wright film jammed into the MCU. Like, that would have been awesome. You know, forget about what Ant-Man was and became. I liked Ant-Man, and I liked Ant-Man and the Wasp, actually. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, but, like, it would. how awesome would it have been to have, like, an Edgar Wright film just be part of the MCU? Just give a different feel, different vibe. Like, but they're just... They just don't want that. Because um, yeah. even like, I mean, as much as I say, like James Gunn brought a lot of him to Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, it, they're not complete James Gunn films. Like his work before that didn't necessarily say, oh, yes, this is going to be he's going to make this space opera, space. Adventure. Right. Right. Uh, I think if anything, like some of the things that James Gunn brought via Guardians of the Galaxy has seeped into the MCU. A hundred percent. Through the other directors. Yeah. But I, I don't know that but so clearly like he did bring a little bit of mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. him to that. Um Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's it's been interesting with uh with the MCU. Like the some directors that have been able to work within their structure and some that haven't. Uh you know, but who knows? I mean we'll never know what creative differences means. You know, was it really a scheduling thing? Was it actual creative differences based on the direction of the film? Because we know that, I think, is it the WandaVision uh, show is going to tie directly into this, supposedly? So maybe there was an issue with that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. Yep. Hopefully all turns out well, though. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So... Anything else? I think no, that, I think that's pretty much good? it for this week. Yeah, uh, we can uh, get into books. So we have a YouTube page now. Yes, we do. Might as well start with that. Yep, uh, and that can be found at uh, on YouTube. So just search for the channel, the Fanboy Garage, and it's there. Yeah, uh, we've got. Uh, we'll start putting some older episodes up uh, for folks. Um, but uh, right now we're just focused on getting the new stuff up and. Um, Hopefully, in the, in the near term, you guys will see our ugly mugs on there. We'll, we'll try to do some video stuff for you yeah. guys, too. Right now, the last episode, episode 77, and this episode, right, are, well, we know as of now, as of the recording right. of this episode 77 is the only thing up on yes. there right now. And this yes. episode will eventually be up there as well uh, for you to check it out. But um, it's just another way for you to access and listen to the podcast for now. For those of you who... Um, like to listen to things on YouTube, which is very popular these days. You have that option now. And uh, we ask that you, you know, check it out, subscribe. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, check us out on YouTube for now. And, yeah, maybe we will uh, eventually get to the video. <laughs> we'll have to see, yeah. have to figure that out. Uh, maybe some yes. fun things ahead. So on that. But uh, other than that, of course... You can um, go to thefanboygarage.com and check out our episodes there. You can also check out our merch, help support the show, uh, get some I'm Cool I podcast. All our friends that do podcasts, get that I'm Cool I podcast shirt or design. Um, 
And of course, we want you to join the conversation. So you can do that on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at the Fanboy Garage. And you can uh, find me on Twitter at Real CL Mighty. And you can find me on Twitter at AA Ron Speaks. That is A underscore A underscore Ron Speaks on Twitter. And of course, if you do like what you're listening to, on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, wherever you are listening to our show, YouTube, please do leave us a five-star review. It goes a long way. So thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week.